0: Welcome to the Fallible Man Podcast, your home for all things man, husband, and father. We provide content to help men become the men they want to be. My name is Brent, and I am the Fallible Man. On today's show, and I'll apologize now, if uh, if you're watching this on video, I'm going to look at my notes a little more. On today's show, we're going to talk about the way interactions happen in the military and in the trades. This can be a really hot topic. Some people consider it hazing. Some people argue that it's the only way to build men. Some people just don't understand it at all and some people don't care, obviously, right? Because they just don't know. It, it's a hard question, guys. But we're going to do our best to tackle it today. I want to thank my friend Joanne. She wanted to hear about this topic because her son's going through it right now. So, hey Joanne, this is for you and your kid and Thanks for making the suggestion. Stick around to the end and we'll find out how to weather the storm. The secret to getting through any of that. All right. We're going to roll the intro and I'll be right back.
1: This is the Fallible Man Podcast. Your home for everything man, husband, and father. Here is your host, the Fallible Man, Brent Dowling.
0: Hey guys, I'm Brent. As I said, I am the Fallible Man. This is the Fallible Man Podcast. Be sure and like, subscribe, follow on whatever platform you're in. If you're listening to the audio show, be sure and subscribe and download and click and follow so you get all our updates. We put out a new show every week. And if you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to like and subscribe and hit that little notification bell down below and you will get notified every time we upload a video, which is at least every Tuesday. Sometimes we have multiple uploads during the week, but I promise at least one every Tuesday. How's that? Guys, this is a really difficult topic. As someone who has both been in the trades and was in the military for a short time and grew up with military personnel, I've seen this argued more times than I can actually say. Um, It seems like every couple years, Somebody gets a video from a basic training session, and I don't know if it's they see it in like a military promotion, or someone just manages to actually record a drill sergeant just screaming at his recruits, and then they blow it up. It, it becomes this huge, huge debate, and it gets national news media. Are we abusing these men? Blah, blah, blah. I mean, it blows up big every few years. It's the cyclical event. Um, I've seen it actually go up at least five or six times in my life, and I'm only 40. But I can actually remember seeing this blow up about how the military abuses people so many times in my life. It's just, it, it cracks me up. Now, coming from a family that has a history of military service, uh, my grandfathers were in the military. As far as I know, my great-grandfathers were in the military. My father was in the military. My brothers were in the military. I was in the military for a short time. My sister, her master's degree, initial master's degree is in defense and strategic studies. Um, while she wasn't in the military, she actually has a degree to advise the military, and her her professors used to postpone classes because they had to go brief the defense subcommittee, so it was a crazy program that revolves around the military. Um, my wife's little brother is currently in serving the military in the Army. We're very proud of him, and I've had Countless friends. I grew up going to military. Tra- Sorry, tongue tied. I grew up around military bases and around military personnel all my life. So it actually didn't seem like a strange thing the first time I encountered this event. I saw the video that people were screaming about, and I went, "It's basic training. Right? What's the deal, man? Is it's basic training?" If you grew up around the military families and around the military, you you know that's what basic training is like, and it's just part of the show. And So, but it doesn't stop there. My friend's son is in the trades. Like I said, I spent many years in both commercial and residential construction. And in the trades, you'll see some similar. There's usually not as much screaming involved, but it can be... A bit demoralizing if you're not sure what to expect. Let me give you an example. I uh, was a proud member of the electrical union for many years. I love, uh, shout out to the IBEW, I love those guys. And I knew and still know a lot of electricians. My brother is actually technically an electrician even though he does something else. I've known a lot of electricians and in the trades over the years, I knew several electricians who, if you weren't at least a third-year apprentice, you were not allowed to speak to them. It didn't matter if you were their apprentice or not. If you weren't at least a third-year apprentice, you were not allowed to speak to them. The over, the big thought on that apparently was, until you're at least in your third year, you're not even capable of asking an intelligent question. Your job is to shut your mouth, open your eyes, listen and follow directions, and learn. I think it's a little extreme, but I I can't entirely argue as someone who has instructed a lot of people over the years. There's a time for questions, and there's a time when you're capable of asking good questions, and it's usually not at the beginning. because you're going to be, all those questions will be answered if you pay attention and follow directions. It will be covered at the appropriate time in the appropriate way. But there are a lot of people that find that very off-putting. In the lower ranks of the apprenticeship programs, there tend to be a lot of yelling and name-calling. You get stuck with a lot of menial tasks. And so this wears on some people. Some people just don't know how to react to this. And to be honest, I I can understand to an extent. Let's be fair about all this. I can understand to an extent. As someone who has incredibly thick skin and has been in all of those environments, um, I'm not greatly sympathetic. And there would be people who would definitely you know, tell you that as an instructor, I, I was not overly sympathetic, but I understand there are people who struggle with this. And that's what we want to address today. We want to talk specifically to people who are struggling in this environment and about what you're experiencing and the pros and the cons on both sides. Okay. So we'll be fair about it. So, the question is: Do you guys remember? Comment below. Let me know if you remember. Several years back, there was a huge break on this very topic, and it had fallout from the military all the way down to colleges. There was some videos that got out and. They were seen as hazing, right? And I'm using air quotes if you are caught catching the audio show. I'm using this term lightly, okay? It was hazing. Was some of it hazing? Probably. Was a lot of it not hazing? Definitely. But it was this huge to-do, and it had this massive fallout. Because colleges had to crack down as well, and so did the trades on things that could be categorized as hazing. So, first, got to know, what is hazing? Since I have to have my computer up today, we're going to get a definition here. For all of you watching, sorry, I'm looking away. So, according to... The dictionary, hazing, is the act or practice of harassing or abusing a newcomer as a student or a college sit or a sailor at sea by practical jokes and tricks. Also known as an initiation or behavior that involves humiliation, harassment or harassment or abuse, particularly in universities and the military. Okay, so we're gonna say that definitely right, we can we can take that into Our experience in the military, Um, something you can take that into your experience in the colleges. I never went to college, hung out at a few, but never went to college. So I don't have that experience. I won't talk about that. And we'll take that into the trades too, because there are definitely some people who see some of the things that happen in the trades as you're coming up through an apprenticeship as hazing. I don't think that's fair, but I can't say it's not true in some points. I will admit, I have joked or teased with someone who was new to a trade who was just annoying the life out of me, and so I sent them to the toolbox to look for a tool that didn't exist and we're not talking about a hammer or something right we um, We worked with a lot of specialty tools in the electrical program, so I sent them to sound find something that sounded like a legit possible thing and they were just too green to not know was it hazing i don't think so it wasn't demeaning to them it didn't hurt them it made him feel a little bit silly but everybody got a good laugh out of it even those guys laughed about it and it kept me from losing my temper with people who just weren't listening when i was trying to teach which is very frustrating as an instructor So the question we gotta ask is is it hazing? Because we gotta we gotta get the elephant in the room taken care of. Is it pointlessly demeaning or is it putting you in danger? A, if it is putting you in danger, stop. Immediately stop and report it. Because no journeyman or no instructor, no boot camp sergeant or drill sergeant or whatever you want to call them in the different branches should ever knowingly put you in danger. They don't do it. They are responsible for your health and well-being. So if it puts you in danger, you can ask them about it first because they missed something when they were setting up the assignment or you aren't understanding because they will not knowingly put you in danger. If you bring up the validity of this is putting me in danger, they will not have you do it. Okay, so let's get the danger out of the way. If it's putting you in danger, that's a given, you stop. Now, is it pointlessly demeaning? Hmm. This is kind of hard because what is pointlessly demeaning to you may not be the same as what is pointlessly demeaning to me. We're at a point, it's one of the reasons the fallible man exists. Is we are at a point in our society where people are a little more thin-skinned. Another way, or a better way to say that might be that they tend to wear their feelings on the sleeves a little more than previous generations and previous groups. Now, let me put this caveat before someone freaks out. There are exceptions to every rule, okay? I know some outstanding younger people who fall into Generation Y and the Millennials despite what some idiots think, there is a difference. I know I married a Generation Y girl, not a millennial. Big, big difference. But there are some from every generation who are toughest nails and have thick skin and not a deal. There are also some from every generation who wear their feelings on their sleeves and all you got to do is look at them wrong and they cry and make a huge deal about it and it's Okay, guys, we got to come somewhere in the middle of all that. Um, Excuse me. I'm not telling you guys to be cold-hearted. But if you are easily offended, I am going to say toughen up a little bit. Develop some thick skin. The world is not a nice place. People are not required to be nice to you. No one is required to give a crap. So toughen up and you will actually do better in life. Okay, I'm not saying be callous and cold to the world. Toughen up a little bit, and you will do better in life. Now, one of the, as we're talking about this, about is it pointlessly demeaning, one of the traits that is most picked upon on men, when you hear the word toxic masculinity, when you hear people use that term and assault uh, men with that idea, And yes, that's an assault on men is the fact that men, men joke pretty callously and pretty flippantly. Um, my good friend, his, his, uh, dad, his dad cracks me up. He is, he, he's, uh, definitely falls into, um, was the old movie, Grumpy Old Men. Hey, comment down below if you ever saw Grumpy Old Men. Alright, it was an awesome movie. Comment down below if you ever saw Grumpy Old Men. If you haven't, you need to check it out. It's hilarious. But he is in that category. Now, he refers to his son as numbnuts. Some people will be highly offended by that. When he finally accepted me as... true friend of his son's okay we're we're in our 40s so this is not like when we were kids we're in our 40s this was a couple of years ago i i was in my late 30s and my friend's dad finally accepted that i am a true friend to his son and actually care about him i know this because when i ran into him one night he was like, hey, numb nuts, too, get over here. For him, that was affection. Okay? Guys are historically prone to just teasing mercilessly their friends. If they don't tease you, the fact is, that's how you know they don't like you. If they don't give you a hard time, if they don't mess with you, if they don't tease you, they don't like you. It's a lot like the whole kindergarten thing we talked about in episode 5, where little boys pick on little girls, and it's because they like them. It's the same thing. If we like you, we're going to give you a load of crap. We're going to mess with you. It's how we're wired. And I'm not apologizing for it. I'm not ever going to apologize for it. You know what? It has worked for thousands of years, and we're still here and doing fine, guys. So, is it pointlessly demeaning? The only way you'll really be able to check that box is this. If they observe that it really upsets you, and they continue to do it, Then you might get into that hazing idea. If they observe that it doesn't truly upset you, but it gets a rise out of you, actually it's probably their way of including you and making you part of the guys. I know it sounds stupid for some of you who are in touch with your feelings. For some of you more millennial young men, this seems like a violation of safe spaces or something stupid, but it's not. People are getting so confused these days because someone came along and said, this is men not liking you, which is wrong. This is men being men and liking you. If they don't like you, Seriously, they'll they'll just leave you alone. If they're messing with you, that's a sign of affection. You can say that's dumb. Thousands of years of men testify somewhere other than that. That's the way we've always done it. I'm not going to try and give you some kind of like Anthropological reason for that because I can't, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a brain guy. Just read some history books. It's been around forever. Okay. So weigh those words carefully because accusing somebody of hazing you can get them fired, can cost their job, can cost their license and get them thrown in jail. It's a very dangerous word, so weigh weigh your options. Are they hazing you, or are they just trying to include you in, in their way? When you're weighing these things, look around you. Is this normal in your environment? If you look around, and you're the only one who is being singled out and treated that way, then you probably have a problem. But if you look around your situation and observe, observe, you will see whether this is normal. Look at other apprentices. Look at other soldiers. Look at other people in boot camp. Observe your environment and see if this is normal. Once you establish that, that will clear up point number one about hazing a little more. Three, you gotta weigh uh, you, you gotta weigh the payout okay no one can make you do anything they can't even make you pay taxes they can send you to jail for it for not doing it but no one can actually make you do anything you don't want to do so if it is that big of a problem for you find something else to do it's, it's reasonable, right? you got to weigh the pros and cons. You have to decide if the payout in the end is worth the trip getting there. In the military, the payout is definitely worth getting through boot camp. In the trades, yeah, you get picked on a little bit being an apprentice. But the payout is worth it. It usually teaches you a very valuable skill that you can pay your bills with and take care of your life. And it will stop. Have a couple of years where you might get picked on more. And then as you get farther along, it will stop. It will become, you will become one of them. You will become one of the guys. And it will stop. So you've got away the journey. Is it bothering you enough? Is it something that is truly doing damage to you. If it is, maybe you need to get out of the environment. If it's not actually doing anything other than hurting your feelings a little bit, maybe you need to be a little less sensitive and ride it out because it will stop. You'll be fine. I promise. I'm going to get a long way to I'm not careful on this one. So I'm going to roll today's sponsor and we'll be right back with you in just a minute, guys.
1: Today's episode brought to you by TheFallibleMan.com. That's right, it's us. Head over to www.TheFallibleMan.com and check out our blog, updated twice a week with new content and links to all of our social media offerings. Tag or search us at TheFallibleMan or at FallibleMan on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and other social medias for daily content. While you're there, check out our attitude swag shirts, cups, stickers, and more. Again, that's www.thefallibleman.com.
0: I love that part because I can cut out me drinking a cup of coffee and it's the the advantage of being on this side of the camera. I don't have to see it. But I do love that B-roll. Love my advertisement. Big surprise. Hey, it's still me. Um, If somebody wants to sponsor me, that's great. But right now it's just me and I kind of like my gear. So, if you're watching the video version of this, I'm wearing one of my shirts. I wear them a lot. And you'll see behind me, um, I love this shirt behind me. It's called Every Man is a King. This is the design. My daughter actually helped me work on this one. I really love that fact. And it's available on all my shops, so check it out. But we'll go on with our show now. So, when you're looking at this whole scenario, You have to weigh the why. In all things, you have to weigh the why. And this is a really important time. As you're dealing with struggling with this, is it bothering you? Is it upsetting you? Is it actually demeaning to you or not? Weigh the why. Let me be very clear on this point. The reason the military has done it this way for years and years and years is valid. Let me just say it there. It's valid. We'll just stop beating around the bush on that one. The military is hard on you because they want you to bond with your brothers and sisters around you in the military. They're hard on you in basic training because it unites your training squad or your unit. There is nothing that will build and forge a bond faster than a common enemy. And so if you all hate your drill sergeant, you will bond together much, much quicker. If you're all suffering, and this man is your tormentor, you will all bond so much quicker as Unreal. There's a reason the U.S. military does it. It's been working for hundreds of years. It bonds people to suffer together, and it bonds them faster than any other way. There's nothing else that actually builds bonding. You want to bond with someone you care about? If you really want to bond with somebody you care about struggling with that closeness. This is a make or break a deal. This is a freebie for you guys. If you want to bond with somebody you care about, get in the car and drive across the country, sleeping in tents or cabins or on the side of the road. Don't go to do big fancy things. Just, just travel together. For a couple of weeks. And we're not talking like drive 4 hours. I'm talking drive. 12 and 16 hours a day. Across the country and back. It will suck. You guys will either. Hate each other and never talk to each other again. Or. If you're lucky. And if you're strong. You guys will be tighter than ever. That's the way it works. It's kind of cool. Okay. So that's a freebie. Suffering together actually brings you closer. It unites you faster and bonds you. So you have to look at the why. If you're getting a hard time as an apprenticeship, why? The other thing is it teaches you to toughen up. I will hold my rant about the younger generations but as I said in the previous points of this video, there are a lot of people who wear th- their feelings on their sleeves. They are too sensitive. And there are people I'm sure who would say, that I'm not sensitive enough. But if you are too sensitive, then when things go wrong, you are not going to be able to deal with it. If you can't get through a little good-humored hazing of the new guy, or not hazing, sorry, teasing the new guy, being the new guy, getting teased a little bit, if you can't get through that, when something goes really wrong, you're in trouble. Now, that may sound extreme, okay? you got to stop saying okay. That may sound extreme, but in the military, if you can't get through boot camp and basic training and your schools because people are too mean to you, when you get thrown into combat, the guy on your left and your right, they can't trust you to not fall apart when everything goes wrong. You have to build a thick skin. Likewise, now, you can say, well, Brent, that doesn't transfer to the trades. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it absolutely does. My last stretch in the trades, I spent seven years building data centers. In that time, I had multiple people I worked with, coworkers, friends, die. Seven years. Off the top of my head, I can count through six. So one a year. I'm probably missing one. How do you get up and go back to the job site where your friend or your colleague was killed if you can't handle a little teasing? Jobs still got to get done. Depending on your company, you might get a day off. But in a day or two, you're going to have to go back to that job site and finish your job. What happens when they died because of a preventable accident? I had a friend who, he lived through it. He's on disability the rest of his life. He followed everything he should do. He absolutely did the right thing. He was working on a circuit, and according to the prints, he completed the lockout-togout process, which is where he turns off the power and literally locks it where you can't turn it on, which is the standard protocol. He locked out and tagged out exactly per process. There were two points that he locked out, and the engineer, whoever does the blueprints, yeah, he was having a bad day at some point and didn't put the third lockout on the blueprints. So he got electricity straight to his skull, up on a ladder, working in the ceiling where he should have been safe. It happens all the time. I have a friend with PTSD because he was the first one to arrive to render aid to a guy on a job site that got run over by his own piece of heavy equipment. My friend is the one who had to get the forklift because they couldn't get it off him safely one way or another. The only way they could do is pick it off him. My friend is the one who went and got the forklift and pulled this piece of equipment off the man so they could get to him. He was traumatized forever. He still struggles with it years later because it's gruesome. He quit that job site because he couldn't go back. He was also out of work for six months after that because there was no other job site to go, but he could not go back to that job site. He just couldn't deal with the trauma. So, if you can't handle being picked on, how do you handle it when it gets worse? And that's the other reason you get picked on, is to toughen you up. They want to make sure you're sharp. You can't have a bad day when other people's lives are involved. So, if they are on top of you, if they're in your face or on your back about every little thing you do making sure you do it right they're just trying to make sure that you don't kill somebody because you don't want that on your conscience that applies to the trade that applies to the military that applies to several other trades I have a friend whose his dad was a longshoreman for years people get killed on the dock he works at all the time Because they work with huge ocean-going ships and log jams and shipping containers. And it takes one wrong second to kill somebody. Your trainers are hard on you. Because they want you to be present, they want you to be sharp, they want you to be effective, and they want you to be safe. They also want you to be prepared because you don't know what's coming at you from day to day. Is there a better way to do it? It's possible. I'm not sure there is. I won't say there's not, because nothing is certain in life, right? The military has done it consistently the same way for hundreds of years. Because no matter what new programs they try, what they're doing works to build better soldiers and to build men to where they need to be to face the rigors they do on a daily basis. In the trades, as someone who has trained somebody in the trades and trained somebody in other things, is there a better way than picking on your apprentice a little bit and being hard on them and yelling and screaming? Sometimes. But the problem is. You don't get to experiment with it. Very few trades do you have the same apprentice for much longer than a couple months. I think six months is the average. Then they move you the apprentice to somebody else and you get a new apprentice. You don't have time. Always to figure out what works best for that apprentice. And see if you can adapt to that. You do it long enough you learn this works because you have this window to teach somebody and this is what consistently works. Having to adapt that will almost guarantee that something will get missed and you won't teach them the things you need to teach them. So here's my advice. If you think that you are being singled out differently than anybody else and unnecessarily attacked. If you're being put in a a dangerous situation, there's something wrong. And it may be that you need to talk to somebody or it may be that you need to find a different career. If you are just being picked on, the same as every other new guy, the same as every other apprentice, They're calling you names. Is it nice? No. Do they have to do it? Probably not. But if you toughen up a little bit and, you know, try to be a little less sensitive, is it going to pay out for you? That's what you've got to weigh. You have to weigh your feelings versus a profession. A couple years of struggle versus a lifetime of her career. I'm not saying there's an easy answer. For every person, it's going to be very individual. But there is a reason it's being done the way it's done. Is it the right reason? Is it perfect? Probably not. Does it work? Yes, it does. So you have to decide what's worth it to you. Now, I did say, if you suck around with the end to me, to the end with me, I would give you the simple solution to write out this storm. Let me look at my notes here. What I'm gonna say is you should go back to podcast six, or episode six of the podcast, available on YouTube tomorrow. Today's uh nine fourteen. This show will air today tomorrow on our Wednesday on the podcast and next week on YouTube, but episode six will air on YouTube tomorrow and it's already on the podcast. And these were the final thoughts from episode six and they're the answer for this guys. Uh, I can't believe how well that actually worked out. So, or sorry, this is episode eight. I'm recording. So, It'll be a couple of weeks, but go back to episode six, guys. And it's this simple. The way you get through this, whether you're in the military or whether you're in the trades or whatever job you're in where someone is giving you a hard time and making things a little more difficult for you, is A, know that you have to have a growth mindset. Know that you are capable of outgrowing and learning and evolving. That is what makes human beings the apex predator. It has nothing to do with intelligence. Has nothing to do with strength or speed. It has to do with adaptability. That's actually. Uh, who said that? Uh, Darwin said that. That was actually Darwinism. Um, adaptability is the secret for you. You are smart and you can achieve anything you want to as long as you have a growth mindset. So adapt. Understand. That you have to respect yourself and others will too. You have value and you bring value to the table. So if you respect yourself and have a growth mindset, you will be able to get through this. And finally, the third point is no one can elicit anything from you without your consent. My dad used to tell me this as a kid when I come home from a bad day at school and having a difficulty. No one can make you feel how you don't want to feel. No one can make you feel a certain way without your permission. They cannot control you. They cannot dictate how you are supposed to feel. And they cannot tell you how to feel. So, know that you are in control of your feelings and they can't make you feel any way you don't want to. If you have a growth mindset, if you value yourself and understand that you have value, so it doesn't matter what they say, And you don't let them take anything from you. It doesn't matter what they throw at you at that point. You've got it. You are in control. You have taken away all their power because you know who you are. And you know what you are capable of. And you are in control of how you feel. That is a simple solution, guys. This is a hard topic. And I hope you got something out of it. I don't know that I gave you the answer you were looking for. But maybe something to think about. Thanks for spending time with me. I am Brent. I am the fallible man. Be sure to follow and subscribe on our podcast, or like and subscribe. If you're watching this on YouTube, click the little bell for notifications. I am Brent and thanks for hanging out with me and I will see you next time.
1: This has been the fallible man podcast, your home for everything, man, husband, and father. Be sure to subscribe. So you don't miss a show. Head over to www.thefallibleman.com for more content and get your own Fallible Man gear.